0: This is part two of Unreached People Groups with Aaron Simonson. If you guys haven't listened to the first episode yet, I'd encourage you to go back and do that. In this episode, we get into a little more about training and if someone feels burdened to go to an Unreached People Group, what are some steps he could take in that direction. We also get into some statistics about Unreached People Groups and what kind of work is being done to reach them. Uh, Not very much work in the uh, Christian community in the United States is really focused on unreached people groups as far as local churches sending people out to reach them. So we get into that towards the end of the episode. Hope you listen to the end and be encouraged by what you hear. What about training? Okay, and I'm sensitive to where God wants me to go. I'm searching, where do I go to get Bible training? so that Because you mentioned that earlier about he can't be ignorant, He has to know the biblical pattern and and way. Where do you go to get training?
1: Well, um, you definitely want a conservative um, Bible college um, that's passionate about evangelism, that's passionate about missions, that's passionate about soul winning. Um, A Bible college that understands the spirit filled life. Um, You definitely want to, you know, visit colleges you know meet some of the students you know read some some of their on go online do some research um and definitely just you know se- again sense the lord's leading um god will lead you to the right college for for you and you know yeah just follow the lord's leading um to the right school there's plenty of good schools out there um But you definitely don't want a college that's just all about, you know, secular, secular um, training for whatever, teaching. And that's good. But if you're a missionary, if you're called to missions, you want a college that'll, you know, not discourage you or not, you know, distract you from your vision, from the call that God has on your life.
0: That's so. great. That's awesome advice. Um, here's another scenario that I think a lot of young people, missionary kids, as well as kids who grew up in the States and are praying about surrendering to missions, they find themselves in this scenario a lot. And that is maybe they go to Bible college or they go to a Christian college and they don't encounter some vital missionary training that perhaps they expected to be there. Okay. Uh, So I could go to a Bible college that trains me how to study the word of God and how to perhaps be an effective pastor in the context of my uh, culture that I grew up in. In most cases, that would be the U S but when it comes to moving to another country and and, developing a perhaps a strategy for things that have to be accomplished in order to be an effective missionary overseas in the context of another culture. I think that might be lacking in most mainstream Bible colleges. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so when you think of, Oh, what are some things that I need to be trained in and aware of specifically in the realm of missions that will assist me in reaching an unreached people group? Do you have any um, suggestions on, you know, things that um, perhaps a, a special institution or, or even a, a plan to get that training before actually getting on the mission field?
1: Um, I would say there's two things. One, get in contact with like mission boards, mission agencies, they have like training programs they can provide um, that kind of stuff that a Bible college might lack. Um, So like any mission board, any missions agency, you reach out to them. You know, I need some training. I need some, they might have a class for you to take online. They might have some material that you can read, um, stuff like that. Um, The second thing that I would recommend is a missions trip. Like, there's nothing more instructive than hands on training. And if you could, if you're able to take like a missions trip, you know, even if it's just to Mexico, like right next door to the US or, um, you know, somewhere nearby, and just take a, or even within the US, you know, take a mission ship, chicken evangelism trip um, to Indian Res- reservation or something like that. You know, ask your pastor to organize that or, you know, a mission agency. Sometimes they have um, short-term missions um, programs for young people getting out of college and seeking more training in missions. Um, But there's nothing like hands-on training. And I think being in um, on a mission field and being interacting with experienced missionaries. And seeing the need for yourself, getting yourself out of the bubble that is the United States, and exposing yourself to lost people groups. So I
0: have a question about your, you had a recent missions trip, survey trip to Mombasa, didn't you? Yes, yes. Okay, could you explain a little bit about that trip? Because I hear missions trip, and that term is associated with a lot of different types of overseas trips. Some people are going overseas to visit an established ministry, to visit a missionary family, to see some things, maybe be involved in like a project or something. But what kind of sets apart a survey trip? You went to a region of Kenya that is heavily Islamic, and I'm assuming you encountered some Somali folks there uh, while you were there. Uh, You correct me if I'm wrong, but I'll let you go ahead and tell us a little bit about that and some of the things that, that helped you with preparing
1: perhaps for an unreached people group. Okay, so um, we visited three distinct towns, um, the three key towns I felt like um, along the coast. And my my passion was, t- my burden, my goal was to just see the need. I had never been to the coast, so it was a new area. And I heard that it was, you know, slightly different culture from, you know, where I grew up in even within Kenya, um, different culture, uh, customs. And so I visited there and the main thing I was looking for was where has the gospel not yet gone and where is the greatest need? Um, That was my, you know, one of my biggest questions going forward. Like, are there established churches? Are there ministries reaching out to in this area or is this area a place where, um where i would you know need to come and maybe start a church and not really be bumping shoulders a lot with other you know sound biblical even baptistic um other missionaries other churches and stuff like that right and so um so we talked to and get some experience get some advice um that was the other thing so we talked with several pastors we talked with several um a, a missionary Um, who's down there working among, you know, the coastal people, getting some ideas like what, how do you interact with um, Muslims down here? Um, What are some challenges that you're facing? Uh, What's your goal? What's your vision? And it was very eye opening. Um, It's planting a church is definitely different down there along the coast than um, up here where I grew up. Um, You definitely have to rely more on, um, friendship evangelism, you know, that's a term that some people use, uh, friendship evangelism, getting to know people, making contacts first, um, gaining their trust, um, you know, establishing relationships and then, you know, opening up about your own desire for them and, you know, opening up about religion and opening up about, um, you know, the gospel at some point. And so there's definitely there's definitely a difference. I feel like though that, you know, there are open opportunities. And we did get to give some Muslim a Muslim man, one Muslim man in particular that I'm thinking of. We got to give him the gospel, gave him a track. And he wasn't hostile. These aren't hostile hostile Muslims down there. They're very peace loving. Um they're very friendly, very um, open as far as we could tell. And so um this Muslim man, his name was Muhammad, and we got to give him a track. And someone took it away from him. And wow. Someone took it away from him. It was actually a you know a professing Christian took it away from him. He's like, this is for Christians, not for Muslims. So he came back to us. What on earth? <laughs> He came back to us and asked, you know, he asked, remember that paper that you gave to me? Can I have one again? Someone took it away <laughs> from me. And so he was open, he was interested. He didn't get saved. And I think it would have taken, you know, a little bit more, you know, plowing the ground of his hearts, so to speak. Yes. But you know, there had you know, I think there was that there was that and that just opened my eyes to the reality that these aren't hostile Muslims for the most part, and at least him in particular, he was very open. It sounds so.
0: similar to the coast of Tanzania, like Tonga, Dar es Salaam, and even Zanzibar. Um, uh-huh. You know, there was somebody who was listening, who was praying about going to a Muslim area of the world to reach Muslims, but you know, they were looking for somewhere that allows people to come and live among them, that's peaceful the coast of Kenya, the coast of Tanzania, the island of Zanzibar, great opportunity, great open door there. Uh, Mm -hmm. What what would you say?
1: Yeah, yeah, it's very open. Like, um, I will say that there are dangers. Like, I'm not going to, you know, sugarcoat this. There are dangers to being a missionary. And um, there have been in the past um, churches that have been burned down. And one pastor that we interviewed um, told us very clearly that he had some pastors underneath him he was working with that were killed. And I think you know stories like that in um, Tanzania, too. I know one missionary that was down there. um, I heard this story from him. He was a Kenyan man, a missionary to Tanzania. And he told us the story about how um, the Muslims... Um, tried to light his house on fire using um, petrol or gasoline. Yeah. And the um, petrol would not light. Like they tried wow. to light, wouldn't, wouldn't light. If, if I'm getting the facts from it, um, it's been a while since I heard his story. But, you know, you know, there is the threat um, of, you know, milit- more militant Muslims living sure. in amongst the most, more peaceful Muslims. But I would say that peaceful Islam, or peaceful Muslims are a majority along the coast. And we didn't feel like our lives were threatened while we were visiting there. We spent about 10, 11 days down there. We didn't feel like our um, lives were threatened. Um, we didn't feel like we were in danger of being attacked for being Christian or giving off tracts. Now we were careful. We didn't, you know, um, try to make it like super obvious to everybody that who we are and what we're doing um, right we're looking to make friends just looking to get an idea of what what we're going into um before we you know before and the people that were open the people that we send the interesting thing is like you get a leading you get a sense about when to hand someone a track and i think that's the holy spirit's leading Like, there are some people, like, for whatever reason, at that point in time, I did not feel led to give them track. And there were other people that were felt led, you know, let's give you, let's give this guy a track. And it turned out to be a good, you know, good conversation. So, you know, again, you have to be sensitive to the spirit. You have to be walking in the spirit. You have to be, you know, you know, just under his direction, under his control, because he knows um, when when that person he's gone before he's prepared people, you know, and so you just got to trust that and pay attention to what he's saying and how he's leading.
0: So. Amen. Amen. That is fantastic uh, advice and amazing really just to see and hear that report. Um, but since you've been down there now and you visited some areas and you talked to people, you have a much better sense of what you're getting
1: into, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, um, I feel particularly drawn to a particular town, um, on the Northern coast, um, quite a bit, quite a ways from Mombasa. Um, it's the town of Lamu. It's a small town, not a, you know, it's about 25,000, um, So not a huge community, but at the same time, um, that area doesn't have any Baptist churches. And um, we couldn't find any other evangelical churches as well. Um, Very heavy Muslim influence there. And God just gave us a piece about that area. It's a very nice area. It's not as hot as either Mombasa or, you know, the other town, Malindi, that we visited. Um, It's right on the ocean. And it's actually a town on an island. And um the breeze coming off the ocean seems to keep the island that area more cool than, say, Malindi or Mombasa. um so that was you know something an added advantage and then God was just gracious to us, and um one of the girls that we talked to um, ended up getting saved. We only spent there like wow um two two nights there um. But this girl that my friend actually talked to um, gave him gave her the gospel the first day that we were there. And the last day that um, the day that we left, she told us that she had made a profession of faith. Wow, so we were able great. to leave her uh, a New Testament. and So it's just like God, you know, giving us that little bit of, you know, confirmation, that little bit of, you know, assurance. Um, you know, it's kind of like a first fruits, kind of that idea. Sure. That. Um, you know better things are ahead so yeah we're excited to get back it's a beautiful place to be and it's um, a needy place to be Um, of the three towns that we visited um, the need is the greatest there and so we're always told you know where's the gospel not yet gone where's the greatest need and so um, unless something drastic happens um, I feel like there will be you know I'll be doing um, a lot more with and in the town of Lamu there on the island um, along Kenya's coast. So Wow, praise the Lord. Exciting.
0: Um, between now and the time when you would arrive to set up a home and start ministry, uh, what are some things that you're looking at that
1: need to happen? Um, I would say one of the main things is to get married. Um,
0: <laughs> and... Advertisement, everyone, <laughs> Aaron's attractive and single and needs a wife. <laughs>
1: Thanks for that, Sean.
0: I appreciate yep. it. Anytime. Bro. Um, we'll upload your picture on the link. Just aha. kidding.
1: <laughs> I'll send you one. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, so that's something important, obviously. And you're your future, what life's made um, would definitely does shape. It either, you know, propels you forward or hinders you. Um, So that's something important for me. Um, The other thing is uh, deputation, um, raising support. Um, A lot of times going into unreached people groups, um, you either, you you have to, you know, look at tent making Um, some of their profession in order to go in, um, you know, under the radar um, and have a chance to interact with people. Um, Here, there's not that necessity um, because it is an open country. Kenya is an open country to the gospel. Um, So I felt, I feel like the Lord is leading me to um, start deputation, going around um, raising support in the United States in order to come back and serve as a missionary, uh, full time, um, there in the in the in the in the county in the island of Lamu. Um, what
0: what is your um, plan as far as like? Um, are you going to be uh, part of being sent from your home church there in Thika, or are you going to be sent join a
1: church and be sent here in the states, or what does that look like? um so i'm gonna be my ascending church um my mission agency baptist world mission um requires that you have ascending church in the u.s so i'll be based out of um falls baptist church in the u.s um but i still am able to keep my membership here at lighthouse baptist church in Thika. um so i'll kind of be you know kind of sent out of Two churches, and um, one of the things that's really been on my mind is, you know, to demonstrate um, how young men can be sent out, Kenyan churches can get that burden, that passion to send out their own missionaries, and that's what I want to kind of do for Lighthouse. Um, They don't support any missionaries yet, and so that's one of the things that I was looking to do to be able to keep my membership here and, you know, still have a sending church in the U.S., So, you know, I'll kind of be, you know, getting the best of both worlds, if you want to put it that way.
0: Sure. Amen. Uh, That is super exciting to hear. And the Lord knows my heart is for unreached people groups as well. And to see someone who has prayerfully followed the Lord's leading to go to somewhere in East Africa that has yet to receive the gospel is really exciting to me and i think it's a great pattern to follow like a lot of people think oh to go to an unreached people group it's like so hard and what do i do like it's not possible i couldn't even begin to to do it but here here's a great example a great pattern to follow like if the lord wants you to go then he'll lead you each step of the way to prepare and then go and so that's really exciting to see in your life i'll be praying that the lord sends you a woman of character to be your wife and uh, that would be a great help to you. And um, can't wait to hear in the future what the Lord is doing in your life and ministry. Um, Is there any other things about Unreached People groups or anything you want to share, or perhaps you'd like to say something to the audience, the listeners before we finish up here?
1: Um, Yeah, you just said something. In, a, um, in the last sentence last paragraph about you know people being afraid um there's no reason to be afraid if you're in the will of god if you're walking with god um you know what elisha the prophet said is still true they that be with us are more that they with that be with them um Amen. you have god you have god on your side you still have two-thirds of the angels that did follow satan and they're on your side. And if you remember the story of Elisha, there were hundreds and hundreds of chariots of fire surrounding him when he was surrounded by the enemy. And so, and that gave him courage, that gave him strength. And in the end, he won the battle. Um, so there's no reason to be afraid. And if, you know, for whatever reason, you end up, you know, paying the ultimate price. You know, as long as you're in the will of God, then, you know, then so be it. You know, and you've heard of stories of missionaries that have gone to difficult places and have perished there. Um, but after their life was over, um, the seeds that they planted there eventually sprouted into a great harvest for the Lord. And unreached, the, the unreached group um, became reached uh, because that one person was willing to step out by faith, and so um, take courage, take heart. You know, walk with God. Give, ask God for boldness. You know, if there is fear in your heart, if there is a little bit of uncertainty, um, there's no nothing wrong with expressing that to God and asking Him to correct that by giving, by you know, giving His power and His boldness. So I would say that. And I would just uh, say one more thing about, you know, some of the stats. Um, I don't know how many of you are stat people, (laughs) but um, 85% of independent Baptist missionaries sent from America only went to 15 different countries. Okay. Wow. 85%. This is back in 2008. I don't know what the stats are now, you know, 15 years later. But 85% of independent Baptist missionaries only went to 15 different countries. 30% of independent Baptist missionaries went to five different countries, Brazil, Mexico, Philippines, the United Kingdom, and Canada. And only 8% of independent Baptist missionaries went to the 1040 window, which if you're familiar with missions is... Between um, latitude 10 degrees and latitude 40 degrees, that would include all of um, northern Africa, um, the hump of Africa, the Sahara Sahara Desert, um, Turkey, Israel, the Middle East, China, India, Southeast Asia, um, Japan, and... You know, that area, Indonesia, around there, only 8% of independent Baptist missionaries went to the 1040 window, which is home to 84% of the world's unreached people groups. Wow. Those are some stats. Um, They may be different right now. They may be greater. They may be less. I don't know whether COVID had an effect on those um, stats. But the majority of, I just want to say this, the majority of missionaries are only already going to places that are reached. Okay. And the vast majority of unreached people groups are still on reach because missionaries are not focusing their efforts on those areas. And I would encourage you, if you're considering missions, Read Romans chapter number fifteen and verses twenty and twenty-one. The apostle Paul said, "Yea, so have I strived to preach the gospel, not where preach, preach Christ, or preach the gospel, not where Christ was named, lest I should build upon another man's foundations." And then he gave a promise. He said, "As it is written, they have they that have not heard shall understand, um, and they that." have not known shall hear something like that. I'm quoting it off the top of my head. (laughs) Uh, There's that, yeah, there's that promise there that those who have not yet heard will understand. And so I encourage you to consider that, consider why God is not calling you to an unreached people group, to, you know, the Middle East, China, India, Northern Africa, Somalia, Japan, Indonesia, Southeast Asia, consider why God is not calling you to go where the gospel is not yet gone. Paul always sought to go to the place, a place where the gospel is not yet gone unless the spirit specifically said no. And so he assumed an open door unless the door was closed and it was, God made it obvious, you know, go somewhere else. But, That's the challenge to missionaries. That's the challenge to upcoming missionaries, whether you're an MK, whether you're listening to Pontus, you're not an MK, but you're considering missions. That's my challenge to you. Consider where the gospel is not yet gone. Consider that area of the world where the most unreached people groups are. And consider that first, unless God is clearly directing you to somewhere else.
0: Well, that is tremendous tremendous advice and i thank you for sharing that message i think it's extremely important if i could say everything that you just said again with 500 exclamation points i would do that but (laughs) uh, i think you said it well enough praise the lord for your burden and your vision uh aaron Mm -hmm. thank you so much for taking this opportunity to be on the mk perspective podcast we'll have to have you back sometime and uh, maybe delve into some other topics some other uh, subjects, but uh, I think we uh, we covered a lot today and uh, maybe if you would just sign us off, we'll uh, conclude this conversation.
1: Yeah, yeah. Thanks for hosting me. Thanks for the opportunity for me to share my burden and um, hopefully it'll be a blessing to you and to everybody who listened to this podcast. And um, I wish you well. I wish you God's um, greatest blessing on your life and um just walk with God and you can't go wrong. So
0: Amen. Amen. Thank you, Aaron.